I'm sure you guys all heard the news already today, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to belabor the point, but um, but Zane, Zane, how could you, how could you, Zane, he's gone, he's gone, Zane's gone and he's never coming back, and how does one D go on from here? How does it happen? How does how does one direction find a new direction home without saying how? The most important thing I learned today, I learned that I'm strong because I'll move on. I'll move on from Zane. Zane, I said your name because apparently there's a band called One Direction, and um, one of the members left. Yeah, yeah. Hi, welcome to the Alex Cast. Dramatic opening. So, my name's Alex, you are the audience, and the only thing I had planned for tonight's show was that. Was screaming and crying at some guy called Zane Malik. Um, uh, okay. Uh, uh, good luck, dude. I think, I'm assuming that's the dude? I don't know. Anyway. This is the Alex Cast, is what you're listening to. I'm drinking from a 16-fluid-ounce Pabst Blue Ribbon beer, in a can nonetheless. And boy, howdy. Can you taste the Blue Ribbons? Because it, you know, it tastes like you're drinking, you know, cotton that's been dyed blue. It's satin, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know why you're asking me these things. Yep. So, uh, what can we talk about? You know what we can talk about? Lots of things. Fun things. Things to do with your parents. Things you can do with your uncle. With my daughter. With my daughter is a joke that one person who I'm pretty sure doesn't listen to this show will get. So enjoy that one. Shout out to uh, to that person. Shout out indeed. Okay, where do we start? Um, I asked you guys for questions. You asked a few of them on at the AlexCast on Twitter. I'm also at the AlexCast on Instagram. And on Facebook, I'm the AlexCast because... Uh, no, I'm, I'm AlexCast on, on, on Facebook. Yeah, sorry. Facebook.com slash AlexCast. And I'm uh, at the AlexCast on the ones that you need the little... The at symbol on. Including Gmail. Because Gmail... Oh, I just kicked important things. I hope the microphone's still plugged in. Um... Gmail, you can send it to alexcast.gmail.com or at, no, wait, no, wait, what am I saying? You can send it to thealexcast.gmail.com or alexcast.gmail.com because I got them both and motherfuckers be forwarding, forwarding to each other. I think you probably email alex at alexcast.com as well. I hope we've been saying Gmail, not alexcast.com, but go to alexcast.com, visit things, click things, love them. Adore them. There's an Amazon link. Click on that before you buy shit on Amazon. I would like that very much. Um, yeah. If you want a free audiobook, click the Audible link. Those are the kind of things that exist on that site. If you want to give me vast sums of money, click the PayPal donate link. There. I've just walked you through the right column of alexcast.com. Unless you're on a cell phone. Because then you got to scroll all the way to the bottom. Or so I've been told. Where do we want to start? Okay, I didn't do research on that one. Uh, uh, I didn't do... Okay, let's, let's find this one. 
this is uh oh this is not all that interesting all right let's listen to this you've got mail uh, yeah that did kind of take me back on mental floss there's a 15 computer sounds that'll take you back to the 90s let's listen to this one that was the windows 3.1 startup sound and error sound huh all right what's this windows 95 startup sound really i don't remember that Oh, no, that's the error one. Okay, I, I see what's going on here. This is not a very well-organized uh, page, and I'm not a well-organized show. This is the startup sound. That was nice. Uh, Microsoft commissioned musician producer Brian Eno to create the Windows 95 startup sound. Uh, funny enough, um, the Windows 95 startup sound uh, composed on a Mac. Uh, little, little thing. The Mac startup and crash sounds. I never used Macs back then, so I'm not going to. ICQ message sound. Nope. Windows 98 startup. Alright, that sounded like, um... That didn't... That sounded... Here, this is what that sounded like. Hold on. Welcome to the fast-paced world of vacation rentals. I'm going to be your host and walk you through how you're going to make big bucks, have big fun in the big summer sun, because vacation rentals is where it's at. Come with me on your journey. Um, that's what that sounded like. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Alex. This show sucks. Uh, let's see. This is... That was AOL Instant Master Buddy Sounds. What is this? Okay, that was when your buddy left. Uh... This one says flying toaster screensaver. I don't remember that having noises, so I'm not going to play it. Goodbye. Oh, don't leave. I know I just tricked you. Well, Chris Higgins, who wrote this, at Chris Higgins, though it looks like Kreish Higgins, uh, he's the author of The Blogger Abides and has written for This American Life, The Atlantic, Breakfast on Mars, and The Magazine. You can follow his adventures on kreishhiggins.com. You know, Chris Higgins, I hated that article, and I wish I'd listened to it before. I started to talk about it on my show, and now I um, blame you for this show blowing. There's a there's an article here that says French or France double standards prison for mosque offense. There's like a lady with like uh, showing her boobs here. Well, not I mean it, they're censored, but she's wearing like uh, I, okay. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, look into this. I'm very sorry. Just hold on one sec. Hold your horses, guys. This is gonna load eventually. Maybe it's not. Maybe it just got tricked. Maybe it's one of those things where um, you'll never believe what she was wearing on the red carpet, and then you can't. it doesn't actually load, which is exactly what that was. Well, if anybody knows anything about France, double standards from... Oh, I want to see what this is. It looks like she's wearing, like, like fucking... Uh, oh, she's wearing, like, a crown of flowers. I thought she, I thought she was wearing devil horns from the small picture. Let's see, a French prosecutor is demanding three to four months of suspended sentence and around a $2,000 fine for an ex, ex-femin activist who imitated abortion in a Paris church. A similar act in the French mosque resulted in harsher sentences for offenders. Uh, Eloise Bourton, 31, 
then a Femin member, oh, Femin's a group, oh, was topless when she got inside the Catholic Madeleine Church in Paris a few days before Christmas 2013. She simulated an abortion by carrying to the altar pieces of a calf's liver, symbolically representing the fetus. The act culminated in Bouton urinating on the altar steps. Bouton, who quit Femin after the incident, citing personal reasons, appeared in a court in Paris to face trial for indecent exposure on Wednesday. The prosecutor requested three to four months of suspended sentence at a 15,000 euro fine, or 1,500 euro fine. Uh, her lawyer insists that what the defendant did was political protest and not an act of public exhibition and asked for the international law and freedom of expression to be applied in her case. The verdict in Bouton's case went to the announced until mid-December. Last month, French court, who staged a topless protest in the iconic Notre-Dame Cathedral in Paris. Uh, what is this? The female group then marked Pope Benedict XVI's resignation by shouting slogans like Bye Bye Benedict and No More Homophobe. So Femin is like, what, like a radical feminist group? I, I, all right, I dig this. I don't know why you... I don't, what does the topless thing have to do? Like, I think it'd be awkward for a dude to be topless right there. Pope, game over. All right, well, good for them. Um, huh. Breast beating. Femin assaulted by anti-gay marriage demonstrators in Paris. All right, so this is like a big thing. All right, well, good for them. I'm proud of you, ladies. I like this shit. Um, I now understand about the topless. I probably should have understood the topless thing earlier, but I was just thinking, like, uh, um, uh, what, what's what's the um, what's the word I'm saying here? Like, I would have thought that um, if a dude did it, that it would, yeah, that's yeah. So I'm just an idiot. I was thinking like it'd be weird if a dude did it, but yeah, you wouldn't get arrested if you're a dude. I mean. You wouldn't get arrested for um, indecent exposure. You would just—you'd probably get arrested for acting the fool inside of a a church. And that's—that's—I that's, uh, don't know if you know this, but acting a fool inside of a church is a prosecutable fine. Uh, you can do it upwards of eight months. Um, you can have a suspended sentence for good behavior, but yeah, acting a fool because um, because. I was really excited to do this show tonight. I really was. Like, am I kidding? Like, I was feeling pretty good. Uh, before uh, I started to talk to you guys, I was in therapy. Um, that's the rapey for people with um, beating issues. Sorry. I There's a... This is... Okay. Trigger warning. And I'm sorry. And I'm not... This is not a rape joke. I mean, it technically is, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm not demeaning anybody that's been assaulted. Like, that's, that's a horrible thing. But... The term therapy, the way that the font it's written in one of the doors in the office building that I go to therapy in, or the building I go to therapy in, where in my therapist's office is, um, the way that the font is, there's too much space between the words, like the kern is too much. So it can be, it can be read pretty readily, the rapey. But um, I don't know if it's her, but somebody else on that floor is a, is a, you know, like a sexual crisis counselor or, or something along those lines. And uh, it's all I looked at for the first, like, three sessions not sessions, the first three wait times before the sessions. I'm good at talking. It's, this was a great idea for me to do a podcast. I'm a mumble-mouthed fucking idiot. And anyway, that's why I said that. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. But what was even, I, what what was that link? How did we start talking about a feminist group I don't even know about? What What was the first thing, where was I talking? What happened? Was it boys to men? 
Oh, that was because I started talking about the 90s computer. Jesus Christ. Wow. All right. Well, we can take that off the list. So far, my list of uh, show topics is one D guy leaving and then a uh, uh, freak out afterwards. And that's the mental floss thing, which I wish I hadn't played. In fact, I'm not even going to put a link to that in the show notes because that was a fucking bomb. bomb a rooney What else can we talk about? Um... No, I didn't do it. the one I was gonna research. So uh, on a show coming up soon, I might do this. I'll get um, I'll get somebody to do a guest spot with me for that one. But I want to do a list of uh, my favorite kind of rare um, cryptozoological animals and uh, Japanese yokai. Um, so cryptozoological animals. I mean, that's pretty obvious. You know what those are. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been introduced to the wonders of the yokai. It's a Japanese. Um, I don't want to call them cryptids because they, they serve a different purpose. It's, um, uh, they're kind of folk monsters, but they're not, they're not so much, like, they're not like a Bigfoot or Chupacabra or something that's, like, supposed to be, like, a real thing. I mean, some of them are supposed to be real things, but most of them, from what I understand, are more like kind of representative features, uh, features. Representative creatures, features, features of a representative government. No, something without representation, taxation. Yay. Um, yeah, so uh, weird, um, strange Japanese folklore things. Uh, there's there's thousands of them, and some of them are really fucking fascinating. Um, one of the one of the kind of forty and weird shows I listened to, Mysterious Universe. Shout out to them. Uh, did a. F- fine and fun uh section on yokai talking about the kind of how it kind of how they can kind of get um uh kind of adopted and changed and new ones come into being as old ones move out uh etc and what not what am i talking about Yokai. The one the one that came out about recently is that there's a an invisible kind of demon ghost thing that sits in train seats. So if you're on like a train or a bus and there's like one seat that even though the bus is like packed, um like there's just one seat that's like no one's sitting in. Well that's because there's like a yokai there, like some kind of demon. And uh and it, so yeah, that's that. And I was like, oh that's pretty cool. Um and uh yeah, that's one of them. I'm really distracted. I have to stop having show prep for the show because that's exactly what's going on. I'm trying to look at things anyway. So uh, I'll get I'll get somebody on the show to do that one with me. Favorite cryptids in Yokai. I think that'd be interesting. Um, but I didn't do the research on that one. What else can I do? Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, Utah becomes only state in America to prove death by firing squad. Utah Governor Gary Herbert has signed a law authorizing the use of firing squads to carry death penalty sentences if officials cannot acquire lethal injection drugs, making the state the only one in America to prove of the method. Those who voiced opposition to this bill are primarily arguing against capital punishment in general, and that decision has already been made in our state, said Marty Carpenter, spokesman for Herbert, as quoted by The Guardian. We regret anyone ever commits the heinous crime of aggravated murder to merit the death penalty, and we prefer to use our primary method of lethal injection when such a sentence is issued. However, when a jury makes the decision and a judge signs a death warrant, enforcing that lawful decision is the obligation of the executive branch. Blah, 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 uh... 
Let's see. This lady says, um, oh, this fella says, it's an embarrassment to Utah, Ralph Delapiana uh, of the group Utahns for alternatives to the death penalty, said to the Associated Press. We should be taking the moral lead on this. You can't be both pro-life and pro-death. That's, oh, I guess they're pro-life in that state. All right, whatever. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, here's my thoughts on this. Is, who gives a shit? I mean, you're murdering someone. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. The argument should be about the death penalty, not the method of it. That's not cruel and unusual. That's like a quick death. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's fine. I don't understand. Frankly, I don't know why we don't do guillotine or, or um, hanging anymore. I mean, they're both instantaneous death. I don't really understand what's any better about lethal injection or the electric chair. They, it all seems... It's all really quick ways to murder someone uh, in, in the guise of justice. So, cool. Like, if your state voted on that, well, yay, you're, you're going to kill some people. It, it Does it matter which way? I mean, as long as it's not some creepy, weird way. Like, it's an instant death in any situation. So, do it. I, I don't really understand the hubbub, the, the furor. I don't know. I'm going to drink more beer. Yeah, I get, I get, I mean, I get why people would get kind of touchy about that, but you should get touchy about the fact that you're like, you have a hired dude in your jail that's like hired to, um, to kill people, you know, it's like, they, like somebody has to like flip the you know, the drug switch or push the syringe down or whatever. Somebody's got to, you know, flip the switch in the electric chair or um, pull the trigger. So, um, you know, you're getting paid money uh, to kill someone, tax money. So, like, if you live in Utah and they uh, they execute someone, part of your part of your taxes um, went to murder. So that's that's good. You feel great about that. Let's let's do something a little more upbeat. This one has a video. Let us listen to it together. If it ever loads. Thank you to the person that sent this to me. While it's loading. At Sparky the Dork. Thank you, Sparky the Dork. Is this ever going to load? This is the worst website ever. A man who is targeting a local neighborhood. He's vandalizing people's property in a disgusting way. Human poop, you could tell, and stink, oh my God, it was terrible. Akron police say this serial pooper is on the prowl in the Kenmore neighborhood, and it's no laughing matter for the victim's cars he's been targeting for the past two and a half years. More than 20 incidents. The suspect doesn't steal things like cell phones or chargers left in unlocked cars. For some reason, he likes to leave his mark. That's the most inhuman thing they can do. 79-year-old Mildred Crisp and her great-grandson are among the many victims. She even called police. Clean off the human mess off the car. Take a bucket of water, clean it all off. Now that's a shame. Several reports have... I'm just going to interrupt for a second. I'm not going to give you any opinions yet. I just want to tell you that the, the old woman in this video clip talking is wearing a red sweatshirt that says, Love, it's what grandma does best. Oh. ...been filed with police over the years. The suspect's latest target, who didn't want to be identified, set up a surveillance camera and caught him in the act early Tuesday morning. The feces on the hood of the car, on the mirror, on door handles. As you can see, it's like a maybe 5, 10 block radius in the same neighborhood. So it's important that we find out who this is and get them the help they need 
or incarcerate them. Investigators hope someone recognizes this guy and puts an end to the disgusting crime. To have somebody do that, and twice it happened, I hope he gets arrested and put away. He should. Well, one of the victims who put the suspect's picture on the internet says it is getting a lot of chatter again. He says this is no joke. If caught, police say the man could be charged with criminal mischief. A man who is targeting a local neighborhood, he's vandalizing people's well, good. property. You, should, you know what you should do is play it again. That's, that's great. But after five years, oh, you're automatically play an Obama clip. Well, anyway, um, poop. Poop. Yeah, so that was Ohio. And um, here's, here's the pertinent facts of that story. Over 20 incidents in uh, two and a half years. That is a lot of shitting on cars. Uh, I can see, and bear with me here, people. I can see getting so angry and doing something irrational. Now, I don't mean shitting on a car, because that's not the way my head works. But and I'm not really one to get really pissed and do something irrational. But I, I, I know a lot of people do that. A lot of people live that way. So I can kind of see how that happens. And if you're the kind of demented weirdo that thinks shitting on a car is is a good idea, okay, once you get so annoyed that you shit on a car of someone that you hate, okay, better than leaving it flaming on their doorstep? Debatable. Better than punching them in the face? Yes. Better than killing them? Very much so. Better than online bullying them. Uh, no, I think probably worse. Probably worse. I'd rather, I don't know. Debatable. The point is, a lot worse things you can do than shit on someone's car. Because you're just so angry. Once. How do you, over the course of two and one half years, shit on 20 cars? Well, and that lady said it happened more than once, so shit 20 time, times on cars, because, you know, who knows. What did these people do to you? What did the lady with love, that's what grandma does best, what could she have done to you that deserves you dropping mud on the hood of her car? I can't imagine anything. Unless... Two and three-fourths years ago, that old bitch started throwing her adult diapers on your car. And this is justified revenge. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, shit on hood for shit on hood. Shit hood is what they'll call you in the books when they write your legend down. The merry story of shit hood and his gang of gentlemen in the woods going through Sherwood Forest parking lot, shitting on the cars of the rich, and simply peeing on the cars of the poor. Look, just follow with me here. This guy, he's either a lunatic or a fucking hero. And frankly, I don't trust the lady that's got love on her shirt. And the other guy that they interviewed wouldn't even show his face. Hey, buddy, if you didn't do anything wrong, then what are you afraid of? Huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, you're probably the type that doesn't even think that, that vaccines cause autism. Asshole. Go fucking read your Bible. Believe in God. What a bunch of jerks. You know, I have a right mind to go outside and shit on their car. That's it. I'm taking a flight 
to wherever I just said Ohio. I don't want to go to Ohio. Oh, actually, there, there are some people in Ohio. Maybe I'll go to Ohio. Akron. All right, cool. So check that out. This one, I'm going to put this link up because the guy's face is quite funny. Um, he's looking like dead at the camera. Uh, he's shitting in a car uh, mid-shit. And um, uh, there's a black black box over where his 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 butt and um his butt and uh and and poopy would be and um oh that's fun it's it's investigators perform dna tests to get to the bottom of the case so that's fun yeah uh look at the picture he might be my favorite person ever moving on from there speaking of shit Chris Reddy. Hi, Chris Reddy. He's not shit. He's a lovely man. He's from Canada. I meant to talk about this a while ago. And I didn't. Chris Reddy, our friend, friend of the show, at Chris Reddy on Twitter, often referenced on the Alex Cast, at the Alex Cast on Twitter, does a podcast called the loudest geeks in the room you can find it at the loudestgeeks.blogspot.com and by that i mean he does a podcast called speeding bullets which is literally what i meant to say out loud and then i was looking at the title of the pod the loudestgeeks.com anyway he recently did his 100th episode that's 100 of them they did a live episode. They ran it out of a bar. They had special guests. They went on for like two and a half hours. And they wanted to thank everyone who showed up and everyone who was a part of it. And they also want to thank Jack Garrard for doing the camera work that saved the audio of the show. So the audio is probably not that good on this one. I don't know. I didn't listen to it. Which is why I forgot. I meant to listen to it. And then, anyway, shut up, Alex. The point is, congratulations, Chris Reddy and the other boys on the show. That being at Chris Reddy, at Adam, Adam A.J. Tupper. Geeky Jeff, spelled like Geoff, Romeo Blogs, Blue Burlesque, Blue Burlesque, Randy Roge, Ugh, that name sucks, that name sucks, and Danger Boy Show. No offense to the people in the middle, I just, I'm not saying all that out loud. But anyway, uh, congratulations to Chris Reddy, that's cool, 100 episodes, very nice. Um, yeah, that's it, I just want to point it out to you guys, so go to uh, theloudestgeeks.com, they're already at episode 102. Um, now, not for nothing, I'm, you know, I'm at 200 episodes, <clears throat> you know, coming up is episode 198, so, you know, no big. No, I mean, 100 episodes is good, uh, it's, you know, it's good, you know, it's, I mean, it's not bad, it's, you know, 50% it's not bad, it's, you know, I mean, tactically, you know, technically, you'd, you'd fail if this were, if this were, you know, a test at school, but, um, you know, it's, it's fine, though, I mean, 100 episodes, that's, that's perfectly good, you know, um, the world needs ditch diggers too, son. <laughs> oh, uh, well done. Um, very nice. I am proud of you, young Canadian man. People at home that think I'm being facetious. I'm not. It's fucking hard to keep a show going for that long. I, I, honestly, if you look at podcasts, and I'm making this number up. I'm making all these numbers I'm about to say up, but it's a theory that I have, and I don't have any firm theory, but I have a theoretical theory of a theory. Theory. Young Earth. Most podcasts record... Like, one to five episodes. Some podcasts never put any of them out. After that comes the next group of shows. 
that usually go about 25 shows in upwards of 35, somewhere in there, and then they fall apart. Then you start getting a little bit established, and that's where you start getting the next numbers, and that's what, like what I start to call like the, the 40 year, the 40 years. I never call them that. That's the first time I've ever said this out loud. But around four, not the, I've talked about this out loud, I've never said 40 years, because I mean, it's just an incredibly stupid name to call anything. But, um, yeah, you get around there, and that's like kind of this established thing. You're almost at a year. You get that year mark, you know, if you do one in a, one a week. You know, once you cross about 52, you know, you're at that, at that year, digging it, rolling with it. Um, 105 is, there's a lot of shows that fell apart at 105. And that is not talking to you, sir, uh, Chris Reddy, because you had a live show at 100. I'm more referring to, uh, one guy on mic or one guy with his friend on a mic. That's, you know, everybody's out of stories to tell. Uh, they're alone in their shitty apartment and they start bickering. Anyway, 105, out of stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's the, that's really my only theory that I have going here. And, um, so if you make it past, I mean, really, if you make it past 50 something, like any show that goes past 60, you have a really good chance of making it like really long term. Um, and then kind of the last stumble is about, you know, 105 ish. And that's really for like solo shows and shows with like one or two people on. And then it's just a lot of shows just keep going. But if you look at like, I mean, I don't know how many of your friends you had that, uh, had podcasts that failed at them or not fail, I shouldn't say fail, but I uh, stopped doing them. You'll see that the numbers I'm talking about, these are, this is a common thing. A lot of my friend shows did that, you know, follow the same arc. A lot of, uh, casual people I used to know follow the same arc. It's just one of those things. So there it is. So audience at home going a hundred uh, episodes. It is, uh, it's very, um, what should we call it? Very impressive. And, uh, he had a live show, which he rented at a bar and had guests and maybe people showed up because, um, I can't do a live show. Uh, I don't have enough people that would show up and it would be fucking embarrassing. And it'd be worse. See, it would be a lot more embarrassing for me than it would be for Reddy if, if no one showed up to his, which he's got a much larger social group than I do. So that's, it'd be easier, but more, if I showed up and did it, it would just be me alone on a stage with no one in the audience. And that would be fucking embarrassing. At least if you have other friends on the show with you, uh, or your co-host, I should say, um, you can talk to them about how embarrassing it is that no one showed up and it can, you know, you can make a gimmick out of it. So that's that speeding bullets, 100 episodes a pure fury an endless death. 100 episodes. That's a little preview of my 200 episodes, uh, opening. I I've been working on it. The 200 episode spectacular is coming up very soon. Uh, already working on it, outsourcing some stuff. It's going to be fucking big. If you remember my episode 100 spectacular, well, Gonna leave that motherfucker in the dust. And that one, I had John Lovitz on and Todd Glass. Though it was only sound clips, and they never actually talked to me. But they said my name, and that's good. Speaking about people who said my name once, one of them owns a bar called The Standard. You can find it at facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. It is a lovely bar, and everybody that goes there comments on how lovely it is. I like it, you'll like it, your friends will like it, the world will like it. The Standard, 14 Northeast 22nd in Portland, Oregon. Northeast Portland, to be exact. That's what the NE in front of 14NE22ND stands for. That was a lot of things in a row. I'm sure I mispronounced and said something stupid during it. So go to The Standard, hang out with me, hang out with our other friends, drink, be merry. They have jello shots with, um, those poppy things on them. What do you call those? Pop rocks? Yeah. Um, they watch RuPaul's Drag Race on Monday nights and, and uh, do jello shots with pop rocks. Um, you're probably not going to find me there on Monday nights all that often. But 
if you enjoy that sort of thing, and I know that you do, go hang out. The standard Wednesday night, dollar hams. Sunday, $2 microbrews. Friday, something else. Saturday, yet another thing. Monday, oh my God, look at Monday, there's stuff. Tuesday, drink it. Thursday, yep. The standard. Facebook.com slash the standard PDX. This was a commercial. That was a good commercial. That's why I make the big bucks. What's next on my list of things to talk about? Oh, this is fun. Um. Uh, oh, here we go. So, I'll just read it. It's short. Here's a fun thought exercise for those who partake in late-night debates assisted by junk food and a lifting sense of clarity. Hmm. Which action movie star has killed more people in their movies? Is it Arnold or Sylvester? Stallone or Schwarzenegger? This total, this video totals up all the deaths that Sly is responsible for, and we can directly compare it to Arnold. <laughs> he spelled it like he pronounces it. Oral Knotts tallied up the kill count of Sly Stallone in this epic 35-minute-long video, covering everything like First Blood and The Expendables, and categorized the kills by firearm, explosives, bow and arrow, bare hands, and so on. The final count has Stallone at 539 kills, that actually bests Arnold, who, in quotes, only had 509. Well, that is something. But, not to argue with you, sploid.gizmodo.com, but do you know who killed more people than both of them combined? Do you know? John motherfucking Travolta. Yep, hear me out. Battlefield Earth, right? He blew up the planet of the bad guys in that. Oh no, that wasn't John Travolta. John Travolta was one of the bad guys. Whoever the douchey guy with the bad hair from Battlefield Earth blew up that whole planet of those... Oh wait, those are aliens though. So, no, they said kill more people. I don't think aliens count as people. All right. All right, so uh, I, 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 I ruined my own argument. There's got to be more than that. Well, I guess not. It's fun. There was that scene in um, uh, that Charlie Sheen Rambo uh, kind of spoof where they do like the kill count, uh, like live action, and then kind of tallies up like an old school pinball uh, ding. So that's fun. I don't want to do that story. I found a story about Himalayan salt lamps. Um, all right, well, I'll read this part. All right, so there was a story about Himalayan salt lamps, which is was I'm not gonna remember before I was saying how awesome Mysterious Universe is, and, and I like it. Well, they they source their their articles out for for other writers, and you know they they pay them for it. And uh, one of my very good online friends, Martin J. Clemens at Fourteen Writer, uh, writes for them, and he writes very good stuff. Now, I'm not going to say who named, who wrote this article because I just closed the window, but I would have. wrote an article about uh, what does uh, Himalayan salt lamps actually do or some clickbait headline such as that. Uh, let me see if I still have that saved somewhere. I do. Are Himalayan salt lamps as remarkable as claimed? Question mark. Well, then the article just goes through and describes the claims and what Himalayan salt lamps and where they come from. And that's it. He doesn't actually try to answer the question at all. And I hate that. And I hate him for it, whoever that man is. Fuck you, that guy. 
But that got me on this thing of looking into Himalayan salt uh, stuff. So this is, uh, I'm just going to. Have you ever tried pink Himalayan salt? I'm sure you've heard of it. Maybe thought about trying it. And today is the day! Exclamation point. Pink salt is a salt that is found in the Himalayan mountains in a range stretching across Asia through China, wait a through China, Nepal, Myanmar, Pakistan, Bhutan, Afghanistan, and India. Why is it pink? The different hues of pink, red, and white are an indication of the salt's rich and varying mineral and energy-rich iron content. Pink Himalayan salt contains all of the 84 elements found in your body. Just to name a few, no, we're not going to name a few, fuck you. Why should I use this instead of my normal salt? Some of the benefits you can expect by consuming this salt in place of regular salt include aiding in vascular health, supporting healthy lungs and respiratory function, promoting a stable pH balance within the cells, reducing the signs of aging, promoting healthy sleep patterns, strengthen bones, lowers blood pressure, improves circulation, detoxifying the body of heavy metals, promote healthy pH balance in your cells. Yeah, I said that already. Regulate the water content throughout your body. Iodine. Natural salts like pink salt are rich in iodine. This means that it does not need to be artificially added in. Less sodium. Yes, I know, that sounds strange. But Himalayan salts are mineral-packed crystals. They are formed naturally in the earth, made up of 85.62% sodium chloride and 14.38 other trace minerals like sulfate, bicarbonate, bromide, and strontium, just to name a few. Himalayan salt can, yes, they're still listing shit, create an electrolyte balance, increase hydration, prevent muscle cramping, balance the pH, alkaline acidity, and can help reflex. Acid reflux. Uh, combine those two words. <sighs> oh, I'm tired of reading this. This sounds like absolute horseshit. I haven't really looked into it at all, but that sounds like absolute horseshit. One, stop saying fucking balances the pH. That can't be a thing. I mean, I know pH can be balanced, but not in your cells. I it can't have... It, having less sodium is, is weird. And I just Someone prove this wrong for me. And then, like, just... Ugh. Oh, here we go. Many studies have shown that for each gram of table salt consumed, the body cannot process. Your body will use 20 times the amount of cellular water... Cellular water to neutralize the amount of sodium chloride that is presented. So 20 times the so it saves you 20 times the water. Wow. Motherfuck. Now I've said water to water, water, water. I'm from Philadelphia, water. You want some water ice on? Okay. Uh, oh, also uh, the air purifying uh, things of rock uh, salt crystal lamps because it makes ions and ions are purifying <laughs> the air. That's, that's why you should get a lamp. And if it's warm, you can get warm ions, purifying, uh, purifying your air, ions. So, this show sucks. Uh, I just, anyway, shut up, Alex. Uh, Himalayan salt crystals, I want someone to tell me why uh, that's stupid and wrong. Martin J. Clemens, get on this. Start writing some articles. Fucking rap battle with that other dude. Um, that's a thing about salt. I already did that. Uh, I don't know. Do I want to do that? Maybe. Uh, oh, this was weird. Well. All right. I don't know if this is going to be funny or. All right. Well, basically, I think if you sat this long in the show, uh, we'll, we'll, You'll probably sit through this, and you've probably hung up already, because you hang up on podcasts. Probably hung up already. 
um, if yeah. So here's um here's the most commonly uh, a commonly um, accepted geographic location of the planet's chakra system and what they represent spiritually. Um, the first chakra uh, responds to the root or Muladhara chakra. I'm not going to pronounce any of those words anymore. Mount Shasta in California is considered the root chakra of the planet. Some say this also. Some some also say this is the fifth chakra of the planet. Um, okay. This energy center is considered primal and base. Here is where the universal life force is considered to gather before it becomes life, and is representative of the geysers which rush to the surface with energy, the same way that kundalini energy is thought to rush to the crown or pineal gland was awakened from the root chakra. Oh, no, this isn't actually all that... I'm going to stop reading it. I'll put a link to it if you want to read it. Um, it was just weird. I don't... Why did I even do that? Why do I care? Why do I talk to you? I just... I just want to, I just want to, I'm just lonely and I want to talk to people and I want to, I want to listen to Boys the Men and, and cry about new, new edition. What's the name? One Direction. Oh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I wish I hadn't talked about that. Here's another thing that's not good for the air, but I'm going to put a link to it. Um, you know, they do, you know, they do, do those, do, you know, you know, they do the doing of the do's, the do's are crystals from Fraggle Rock were an addictive substance, and uh, the Fraggles were actually enslaving drug addicts to build their cities for them uh, nefariously, and uh, that is why the uh, Mother Nature spirit uh, ended up killing all the Fraggles in the last episode that never aired. As I was saying, you know those videos that they put on the internet? You know uh, those videos, uh, Paul? Uh, videos? They uh, take uh, 80s videos, or videos of various uh, centuries, musical videos of, the, of the, that caliber, and they take the music out of them, making it just a video, and some of which are rather amusing. Well, this one I found from Sploid as well, sploid.gizmodo.com, is the Ghostbusters theme uh, from the 1980s blockbuster Ghostbusters is completely ridiculous. It's Ray Parker Jr., and he's walking around in his weird neon house with this lady, who I think he's stalking. He hides under her bed at one point, and they leave in, like, kind of the... Wait, let's see how much we can hear. They only do a minute of it. Alright, so this is a lady walking up to a matte painting. And she's entering the matte painting via a creaky door. Alright, now she's in, um, neon room. I think Ray Parker Jr. jumps out and says something stupid. She's got an 80s scarf, 80s hair. Ray Parker Jr. snapping his finger. Oh, that was creepy. Uh, it's, uh, it's, okay. Yeah, you just you should just watch this. Um, because things... Th this episode sucks. I'm just giving up. Fuck all of you. I give up. I'm, I'm a terrible host. I need someone to talk to, and no one wants to come on the show anymore. I mean, people do, but it's usually like a friend to some guy that he knows, and I've never met him, and they never have anything to talk about. Hey, you should have my friend Bill on. All right. I mean, I shouldn't say that, because I have a friend Bill. That's not what I'm referencing. I used to have guests, and then everybody started to have, like, boyfriends and girlfriends, and don't want to come on anymore. I miss them. I miss talking to people. I'm sitting alone in this shitty apartment, and it's, it's, it's a little warm, and frankly, I'm getting a little colicky. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. I miss them so much. All right. Back on track. We're not going to end the episode. I'm going to do I'm going to finish out strong.
we are going to play. I wonder how much of this will. Oh, we're going to start this. I, okay, if when when and if I bail on this, um, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to close the episode out, playing the entire video, um, uh, the audio from it. But let's see if we can. Let's see how it plays on the air. Uh, so I am longtime listeners of the show. All not many of you may know that I went at one point to a past life regression. It was good. Mm. It was fun. I saw some stuff. Nothing I would go so far as to say definitive. Um, now, I'd go so far as to say that because that's not the right word, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, nothing, you know, um, really super clear or like a full narrative or like I knew, you know, my name or my old life's name or whatever. Um, but I saw some stuff. Um, there was a few different, uh, lives, I guess. Um, I don't know what lives is the right, given using the, the vocabulary of past life regression, there was a few different lives I saw. One was this kind of a Roman scene. Uh, another was, uh, like this, uh, I was like a monk, uh, like apothecary slash monk guy, uh, that was, uh, doing some scribe work and uh, selling medicine on the side, essentially. It was interesting. Oh, I saw another one where there, uh, um, I was lying on a table in, in like the some tent area, like the Korean War, like kind of like MASH or something. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting. Uh, who knows? Uh, I certainly... I didn't get any more answers having done it than, uh, than I had before I went. Uh, it wasn't that, you know, powerful of a thing. It was interesting, but certainly wasn't... Um, yeah, it wasn't anything uh, life-changing or whatever. Or lives-changing. Ooh, play on words. Alex. So, the things I get interested in are stories of kids that uh, remember their past lives. So anytime I know someone that has a kid, I ask them to um, ask their kid if they remembered who they were before they were the person they are now. And when I say every time, I think I've done this all of once, maybe twice, pretty sure just once. And, um, yeah, it's a fun thing to do. I think everybody should try it if you have kids and see what happens. So I stumbled on, um, this story from National Geographic. What says National Geographic? It's one of those, you know, on YouTube, for some reason, they always say, like, everything's banned. Like, banned story of the proof that the Illuminati are here, banned Anunnaki materials, banned blah, blah, blah. But, um... The, the, the weird thing about that is, uh, they're never banned. They're on YouTube. And, um, it's always like from like banned video NASA doesn't want you to see. And it's like a, it's like a cutscene from, from fucking, uh, alien, uh, ancient aliens. And George Sukalos was talking about this video. It's like, it's not banned. It's, it's from the fucking history channel. Anyway, uh, so this shitty, uh, YouTube video from, of, from, of, from, of, off from, from some news station um, that got reposted and blah, blah, blah. So, I talk about this little kid who remembers his past life. And let's play a little bit of it and we'll see what happens. I'm, I mean, it's long, so I'm not going to listen to the whole thing anyway. But uh, I'll put the audio at the end of the show and I'll put the link to it on the show notes page, which no one ever looks at, I'm sure. Because 
I think I think most of the people that listen to the show have my cell phone number. Um, I get texts from people asking me about stuff that was on the show, and it's it's all in the, it's all in the show notes, every single one. Um, then don't get me wrong, I like getting texts because no one ever does that, and I'm lonely, and it's like, oh look, someone remembers that I'm alive, yay! And usually it's someone remembering I'm alive because they say, I hope you die, and then then that makes me sad. Let's listen to a little bit of this. Is the Fox 8 archive. 11-year-old James Leininger looks and acts like most boys his age, but beneath his playful spirit is a very deep soul. And I said, you know, I'm really glad you're my son, and I'm, uh, I'm just really fun to have you as my son. And he says, well, he says, I know, that's why I picked you. When we first met Bruce, Andrea, and James in 2005, his passion for World War II fighter planes was obvious. I can beat the Japanese easy as pie. The fascination began when he was a toddler. The pilot put him on. James seemed intimately familiar with the aircrafts. He started doing these little drawings of airplanes shooting at other airplanes are being shot down. Bombing ships, you see men parachuting. Here's another one where planes are dropping bombs. This is a carrier. The violent drawings were followed by extreme night terrors. He would just be crying. He'd say, airplane crash on fire, a little man can't get out. He laid on his back and kicked up at the ceiling and he goes, mama, the little man's going like this. And he laid on his back and kicked his feet up. The little man's going, ooh, 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 can't get out. And I said, well, who's the little man, baby? And he goes, me. I thought Bruce and I were just going to faint. They questioned, what kind of plane? Corsair. Why did your airplane crash? My plane was shot down. Who, who shot your plane? He looked at me like I was a, a village idiot. He said, the Japanese. Where did he take off from a boat? Do you remember the name of your boat? He said, Natoma. And his name? He always said James, but his name is James. Stunned by his son's words, Bruce tracked down veterans of the USS Natoma Bay. I wanted to disprove it. Columbus, Ohio native Leo Pyatt served on the ship. He asked uh, a few questions about, uh, did I know some of the people? Oh, yeah, I remember those people. Yes, there was a Jim Houston, or rather large shell just hit him in the, the engine and it burst into flames and, and went down. It was all real. James Houston, born and raised in the Midwest, was shot down over Chichijima, Japan. He got uh, very uh, quiet. The Liningers were speechless again when James met Natoma Bay veterans and recognized them by name. You're Bob Greenwald. <laughs> I'm serious. And he never met Bob Greenwald. No, he never met him before. They tracked down James Houston's sister, Anne. And he goes, uh, it's not Anne, it's Annie. She wasn't my oldest sister. I had. All right, so that is uh, a thing. I don't get it, man. How? How? <laughs> All right. Let's go under the assumption that this is this is a gimmick. Uh, this is a this is a ruse. This is somebody pulling a work. How do you how okay? How do you fake it? Is what I'm asking. Like long story short, these people are are fakers. They're charlatans. They're frauds. How do you fake it? How do you get old Navy dude uh, to believe in this little kid? How do you get, uh, in the next scene, they show de this little kid knowing details about his, um, his sister, um, well, not, you know, his, his past life's, life's, his sister from a past life, um, and he knew details and no one else could know, quote unquote. 
it just seems like it's a really complicated work. Uh, though they did make a book, so there, you know there might be some money behind it. But it seems I don't know. I, it seems too good that it's it's like well this would actually be proof of of some form of uh consciousness surviving after death or at least memories so it can't be real right i mean it just it seems it seems too good to be true which i think i'm the first person that's ever used those words together in that way right how weird yeah i don't know it's 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 fucking strange uh yeah but i'm interested in this shit and apparently there's a bunch of these stories um they're more common in countries that believe in reincarnation which i don't i don't know if that lead i don't know what that means I, does that mean that it's more likely that the kid is like tricking himself Again, it's just the details are weird. Like, how does he know about the Nakoma Bay or whatever the fuck they said? And those dudes' names. And how does he know the name of an aircraft? And it's it's just odd. Or is it one of those things where the parents kind of... If they're not faking, that the parents were picking up on... Like, he was this little kid that liked planes. And, the like, he's just weird. And the parents were, like, picked up on this weird vibe. So he's intuitive. Uh, not Not, like spiritually intuitive like just like he's an intuitive kid so he picks up on like what they're saying um kind of you know micro gestures and shit and kind of fills in the details of the story and as they research more of the story he kind of picks up those details and incorporates it i, I don't know it's fucking weird though so anyway uh the uh video will be on the website alexcast.com just click on the episode number and I'll include the video there. After I'm done talking, I will include the rest of the audio of this story. Um, uh, it's another four minutes left uh, since we already listened this much, and maybe you don't feel like going to find the video. but And it's not going to harm you because it would be at the end of the episode. So, you know, listen or don't. See if I fucking care. You already downloaded it. It's all that fucking fat cash I get from that download you gave me. Yeah, boy. Nice. You know, for every download I get, I get an upwards of like one one hundredth of a penny. So making some pretty fat cash, if I do say so myself, because I'm the only one that will say it because it is a lie, a bold face fucking lie. So. Yeah, I'm leaning towards belief in um, reincarnation in some way. My thoughts on the on the thing uh, are a little more. Um, I wonder if I, I wonder if I know this well enough. Basically, there's there's a. No, I don't know well enough. There's a theory, many theories, and a combination thereof goes like this: consciousness uh, and and memory, whatever. Let's say, let's go with memory is not something that's stored inside of the body. Um, the brain is more like a radio, uh, you know, a receiver. And uh, memories or whatever are kind of stored, you know, almost in like a cloud around you or in the in the ether or whatever. Um, one of the alternate um, explanations 
for past life memories is that essentially you're picking up on the wrong radio station. You know, your, your dials tuned to the wrong spot and you picked up these kind of remnant memories, these, these, uh, you know, radio signals that were sent out a while ago and shouldn't be there and you shouldn't be able to pick up on them because it's not yours. But, you know, something went wonky with the machinery. And, yeah, there you go. Uh, I think that seems to me... I don't know, I mean, they're both, they're both equally wacky. So, I don't really, yeah, I can't really do anything about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it feels like it's more something like that. It never feels like... The reincarnated person never seems like they share personality attributes or anything on that kind of, if you want to say soul level. Usually it seems like memory, so I tend to think of it more as like this memory trick or, uh, you know, that what I was saying before about like you're just tuning into the wrong radio station. Yeah, that's my thought. I think so. There it is. For all of you to enjoy. One more topic, because they asked. Uh, Michelle Lima. Hi, Michelle. Uh, if you're listening, she wanted me to talk about furries. And I'm going to leave this on the list, because maybe I will one day. But I'll bring that up to somebody else. Because I, I couldn't think of any opinions on them. They're just weird people that dress fucked up, right? That's them. They're the ones who dress as Muppets. Yeah, I don't really know. I'll, I'll do some research. Or next time I have somebody in the studio, I'll ask. But it'll be good. So... Uh, uh, our friend and yours, Jeremy, asks us, uh, movies that, um, people really like, but I think are terrible. He brings up, uh, There Will Be Blood. He thinks it's terrible that other people like. He even puts, I drink your milkshake, uh, at the end. Um, yeah, that movie's not great. Uh, yeah, people really liked it. I actually dug it when I first saw it, but, um... Upon second watching, I wasn't that big of a fan. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not that big of a fan. But yeah, people really like that movie. Uh, but for me, and I'm, I'm known for this because I've railed against it before, uh, and I, I probably said it on the show, but I'm going to say some more on the show now because this is the show and I'm saying things. I don't like The Big Lebowski. I don't think it sucks. I, I often say it sucks um, because it's more fun to hate stuff than to be like, yeah, I'm indifferent. But... People are obsessed with that movie, which actually does make me hate it. But, like, if I could if I could somehow separate my feelings on the movie and my feelings on people that dress up as the characters, I probably just, you know, I'm not a fan of the movie. It's not like I really hate it. But there's some parts I like. I do like John Goodman's performance. Um, uh, the Jesus is pretty good. But there's parts of that movie that are just fucking terrible. The The whole nihilist thing is terrible. That that fucking shit with the kid with his homework and the... the, the to- oh, God, that movie's fucking annoying. But everybody loves it. Ugh. Yeah. So, but he asked me if there's any other ones like that. So I went through and I looked at the top 50 films as rated by film.com. I don't fucking remember. Um, and I just picked out a few that I have like especially strong feelings about. Uh, number one, uh, uh, Goodfellas. Now, it's not a terrible movie, but it's not nearly as good as people give it credit for. Um, that's really it. Uh, there's like kind of two movies. There's the end where he's all coked out and the beginning where it's different. Uh, it just, yeah, I don't think it's all that, uh, all that great. I really don't find the acting wonderful. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not, Ray Liotta's okay. I mean, uh, Pesci's okay, but it's not, 
yeah, there's nothing special about it. I think it's just one of those ones that got famous for being good instead of actually being good. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it's known for being a good movie instead of actually being one. Like, uh, um, well, this isn't a great example, but like a lot of people, like a lot of people say Citizen Kane is like the greatest movie ever. And I think a lot of those people barely have seen the film. Like, yeah, it's an important movie, but like, it's not the greatest movie ever made. Like, it's really good. It's a fucking quality movie. Like, you can watch it now. It's still, it holds up pretty well. But, um, it, you know, it's not the greatest movie ever made, but it's, it's, it holds that spot because it's kind of the, the meme around it is greatest movie. And I think Goodfellas like that. Uh, the new Batman movies, uh, with Christian Bale, which aren't that, the, the most recent Batman movies. Uh, I didn't really like the first one all that much. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but meh, yeah, I maybe watched it again once. I, I really wasn't a fan. It was it, it just, it was just any other movie to me. Shruggable. Um, the second one, I liked the Heath Ledger parts. I thought Heath Ledger acted his ass off. Not even just cause he, he fucking died. Like his scenes were good. Uh, were interesting to watch, but, uh, um, Chin guy that played Two-Face was fucking terrible. Um, the guy that played Gordon, who I can't think of his name, who was incredibly famous, uh, was, his accent is so fucking distracting where it goes from like Chicago to like, like, I don't know, like Northern English. It was, oh God, is it bad? Um, uh, yeah, that, yeah, just the movie's terrible. It's not a good film. Except for the parts with uh, Heath Ledger. And even even one of the scenes with Heath Ledger is ruined by that cheesy actor that's in fucking every B-movie where they're in the bank and he comes out and goes, Do you know what bank you're robbing? And he puts the the, the smoke grenade in his mouth. Oh, God, that's fucking stupid. Um, taxi Driver. Now, this one I feel like it's just a product of age. Um, I think I probably would have liked it when it came out. But watching it when I did, I probably saw it in the, I don't know, early 90s maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it's, there's nothing to it. Like, there was a couple of good scenes. The acting's good. But as far as just a, a total film on a whole, on a holistic level, not impressed. But people love that movie. Uh, next one on the list that I just don't understand. Scarface. That movie sucks from fucking start to finish. There's no good part of Scarface. It's, it's, it's from the shitty uh, blood effects of that first bit where they're chopping the guy up to to the, the his terrible accent to the fucking coke mountain to the fucking oh my that movie sucks this is even like like oh, I'm indifferent about it because I've been pretty politic about some of these films that it's more that they're I don't like them nearly as much as every other things but uh, no it's a fucking terrible movie the spirit of Jeremy's questions or anything terrible yeah fucking terrible um uh, yeah, so Scarface. Also, I put Avatar on there, but do, do people still like Avatar? I think that was just popular that week, but that movie was terrible. Um, a Christmas Story. Every winter, play it for 24 hours straight. Never liked the film, never will. It's stupid. Uh, it's nothing all that interesting. I get that people are nostalgic for a time that didn't exist, but it's dumb. And um, as a person that was born in 1980, maybe it's a time thing. Uh, maybe maybe it's, it's for people that are nostalgic for that era, but uh, to me, it's not funny. Um, the acting's not all that great and it's not funny and it's not cute. It's not, it's, uh, it's, yeah. Um, now this is, these last two are probably the ones that are most controversial. So let's start with offending the older people first, since I just offended them with a Christmas story. Animal House sucks. Yeah. Eat that. It is a boring, poorly plotted drag of a film. It takes fucking forever to get what can be even remotely called a joke it is a fucking snore 
And if you say you like that movie, I challenge you to go back, sit down, like on purpose, sit down and watch that movie A to B. It is a fucking bore. The, the only scene in that entire film off the top of my head that I think is vaguely amusing is where um, Belushi smashes that guy's guitar that's singing that stupid song. He does a little shrug. All right. Funny enough. Not great. Humorous. That's all that movie's getting. It's fuck Animal House. And fuck you if you like Animal House. I'm not going that far, but you might be a nice guy. It's just, it's ugh. Ugh. And finally, The Goonies is a fucking stupid movie. And fuck you if you like it. Unless you saw it as a kid and then I understand. This one is purely time-based. The Goonies is exactly for my age group. It is, it was made for me and my friends. However, I didn't see it when I was young. I probably saw The Goonies in full for the first time, um, oh, I don't know. It just wasn't when you were supposed to watch it for the first time. You know, I wasn't young. I mean, I was still young. I was, I was sub 20, but, uh, you know, not, 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 um, not little kid age. And I'm sure it would be a great movie if I saw it when I was young. And there's a lot of movies that I know I'm, I have a soft spot for that are terrible, but I liked them, you know, when I was, I saw them when I was a kid. So it kind of keeps a, you know, this nostalgia factor that, you know, lets it ride over like, um, Labyrinth. I'm sure Labyrinth is terrible, but, you know, I saw one as a kid, so I fucking love that movie. I'm sure there's a million other examples. I just can't think of any because, well, I didn't show prep. Goonie sucks. It's boring. It takes a really long time for them to get in the fucking underground tunnel area where then it's like, all right, cool. Now we go on a little adventure. I'll get up. Oh, cool. I'll give you that. That little bit is interesting where they get into the tunnel and they get to the boat. But I think a lot of people forget it takes a fucking while to get there. Like it, it there's a lot of movie. There's that old lady from throw mama from the train and the stereotypical Italian guy. And, ugh. So from all of us here in Alex Cast Studios to all of you there out at home, the Goonies sucks. And uh and I challenge you to turn off your childhood sense of joy and wonder uh and watch it with a clear, cold, clinical eye like I do. And uh, understand that it's a piece of shit. And uh, that's that. That's that. Oh, that's fun. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. But it was an hour. <laughs> so, yes, I've been Alex. You have been the audience. I'm going to play the rest of that audio because I remembered. And that will be that. Um... Yeah, I will be back one more time, and then there's the great 200th episode spectacular, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, so get in touch with me uh, at the AlexCast, AlexCast at gmail.com. Always spell Alex with two X's. Um, AlexCast.com. Uh, yeah, that's that stuff. Uh, buy my books. There's all the links on AlexCast.com. Do things and whatnot. So yeah, uh, that's been me. Uh, you have been you, and please enjoy this uh, video of um uh, the audio of this video of uh this uh reincarnated kid there's four more minutes of it so uh, yeah uh watch that now all right bye that was roof i mean roof eddie is what they called me when i was little knowing my name and my sister's name things that my brother did when he was a kid it's too amazing to 
to describe. James recalled his favorite childhood possessions, and when we spoke to them via Skype, they shared one specific story involving James Houston's mother. Annie had sent James the picture that her mother had painted of James Houston. And when James got it, he called Annie to thank her, and he said, where's the one mom painted of you? And so she went and found it and sent a copy, and later on she told us that no one in the world except her brother and sister knew that there was an identical picture of Annie when she was the same age. Amazing stories like that caught the attention of Japanese filmmakers. Not long after our story aired, they flew James and his entire family to Chichijima, Japan, and the site of James Houston's plane crash. Took a tour of the island and got up on a ridge overlooking the harbor. James said this is where the planes flew in the day my plane was shot down. Without any help, James knew exactly where the plane crashed. They held a memorial service and dropped flowers over the wreckage. And James just got so emotional and just lost it. And it was just the most heart-wrenching thing. But when it was over, it was cathartic. You know, it still gives me goosebumps to think that we actually got there and we were there and we were able to close the loop, especially for James, that it was, it was something really important to him. And when they returned, the death and destruction pictures were replaced with this. There's dolphins and there's the Japanese ship has its flags flying. At James's urging, they put all of this and many more incredible stories on paper and published this new book, Soul Survivor. I hope that it helps people understand the meaning of how precious life is, how fast it can just blow away. The Leiningers say they aren't promoting reincarnation. Before James, they didn't believe in it. And I really believe that there's a purpose to this story and that the God that created us wants this story told. And I also hope that it opens people's eyes up to reincarnation. You do? Yeah, I hope it opens people's eyes up to the fact that reincarnation can happen. It is a possibility. It's not a lie. Suzanne Stratford, Fox 8 News.